Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Lakers Talk is on the air on 710 ESPN. I like the squad. You got three superstars on the Lakers in LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. And what are they going out and getting right now? Vets. Guys have been in the league for a long time. They have championship experience. They have playoff experience. Isn't that the blueprint of how you win championships? From the home of the 17-time world champion Lakers at LA Live. Isn't that the blueprint of how you uh, go about your day and find a way to go get championship number 18? Isn't that the blueprint? Lakers talk, Lakers talk is, is on. on. Here's Alan Sliwa. All right, we appreciate you guys being a part of the show. By the way, if you missed the first hour, you miss any part of the show, you could always go to the ESPN app or on iTunes, catch Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa, catch the full two hours. Uh, appreciate all the uh, downloads we get on the podcast. We do a great job. Our number's there. So thank you for everybody who takes the time to listen to the show if you didn't catch it live. Um, all right, as we always do, right here around 8 o'clock, got our top NBA stories. Funches, where are we starting? All right, we're going to start with the big trade that went down yesterday between the Clippers and Memphis as the Clippers sent Rajon Rondo, Patrick Beverly, Daniel Oturu to Memphis for Eric Bledsoe. And with this deal, the Clippers, they save $30 million in luxury tax, and they also create an $8.3 million trade exception, uh, player exception uh, slot that they can have for this year, only this year. Well, listen, first thing I thought of when, you know, they save $30 million in luxury taxes, things are getting a little tight with Bomber right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you just got to you gotta kind of watch every dime. I mean, I could see Steve Bomber right now going into his Wells Fargo account and just kind of making yeah. sure that that money is still he's there. Not, he's, um, not, he's not leaving the AC on all day and stuff like that. No, no, no. no, no the no, lights no, are coming no. out, you know, a little bit. Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's a little awkward, but he's doing some things. You know, he's cutting some corners. Let's just say that. Okay, so let's look at the, the, the trade for a quick second. The Clippers obviously don't have um, Kawhi Leonard for a big portion of this season. Probably, probably... Um, until April at the earliest would be the nine-month window. And by the way, later on in the show, after the Jake Fisher uh, interview, um, we're, we're going to end up talking, kind of comparing the Lakers and the Clippers here, short-term, long-term. So we'll do that in a little bit. I don't really know what to make of the deal. I think Eric Bledsoe will, you know, can definitely be a threat. It's another scorer, another good player on their team. But do you feel like are you a little surprised? Rondo, Patrick, you traded for Bajan Rondo. You've had Pat Bev for four years. Are you a little surprised they're gone? Yes, I am very surprised. Um, yeah, because that's basically their heart and soul of their defense. Patrick De- Beverly was their guy on defense. I mean, even though he didn't play in the first round at NBA playoffs against Dallas, he barely got off the bench. Um, he was barely big in the second round and and in the Western Conference Finals. You know what I think part of this is? I, I think they got confidence. First of all, Reggie Jackson's coming back, right? So they got a scoring punch. I think they like Terrence Mann. Um, that's a nice player. Luke Kennard, they gave a lot of money to, so he's got to make it work. So I think there's some other players on this team that they feel like, hey, 
they can pick up the slack. But you're going to lose something in Rondo, that championship pedigree, Patrick Beverly, the heart that you talked about. So let, let's yeah, see, like, let's see what they do. Like, yeah, you were just saying like the Clippers are cutting corners. And when I first saw the deal, I, I was saying that. The Clippers are. I don't think the Clippers are expecting to win the, the big one next year. I think they're going into the next season thinking that we're just going to just do the best we could and probably gear up for the season afterwards with Kawhi well, he, and Paul George. Here's a key, and I know our next topic is going to be on Kawhi. The key for them is they're locking up their main players for the next, you know, at least three years, potentially four years. And Clippers understand they don't have to win. It's not, you know, Lakers, you're all in every year, right? You, you have to be because of LeBron. Clippers are not in that position. They're in a different position than the Lakers. They're in a, hey, can we get a freaking NBA championship that doesn't go to the Lakers one of the next four years? You know, can we get a championship that we've never had in our franchise before we open up that new arena? I think they're thinking more big picture. So I Also, think also just before we go, go on to Kawhi, um, yeah. do you— you know, all the NBA experts and all the NBA so-called shot callers or whatever are saying that there's no way that Pat Beverly and Rajon Rondo will be on the Memphis opening night roster. So okay. they're probably going to be available. What do you think, you know, let's just say those guys become available. What do you think about Rondo maybe coming back to the Lakers, maybe Beverly coming, you know, playing across the hall with That's the Lakers? That's interesting. That's interesting. Um you know, I, I got some curiosity here of what Kendrick Nunn's going to do. I got some curiosity some of the other guards the Lakers have. Later in the show, we'll talk about, you know, best available players left. And I don't I don't think Lakers need another guard. Something about Rondo. You know, something about Rondo. Even Pat Bev. I mean, here's the reality. If one of those two players came to the Lakers, I'm not mad at it. I'm not because Pat Beverly's going to bring something. Rondo, even if he's not doing anything on the floor, he's going to bring something. So it wouldn't be my let's say my top choice, but I, I don't think anybody, any Laker fan would be upset if those players found a way on the Lakers. Here's the problem. Rondo's owed some money. Pat Bev's owed some money, so I don't even know how they're going to make that work. You'd have to be trading some. You have to be trading pieces to go get a player, uh, any one of those two players. All right, let's move on to the next one. You know, Kawhi got paid, basically got paid over the weekend. He, he agreed to a four-year, $176.3 million extension. Uh, Sliwar, are the Clippers doing the right thing by giving him an extension like this, even though we don't know what he's going to look like after his ACL injury? Um, you know, it's very simple. This is uh, – Clippers got a long-term play. They really do. And if – you know, it doesn't matter that Kawhi is coming off this injury. I don't say that lightly. What I mean is it doesn't matter. Uh, NBA, you know, teams are known to give out big money even if – there's an injury, even if you're going to miss a full year like Kevin Durant did, um, you do it. These are franchise players. You don't get that many opportunities to have a player like that. And you know that's why I said this, and we'll do it later in the show, long-term versus short-term play. Clippers are playing the long game. They're playing the long game with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, I don't think this is small news, and I was trying to mention it last week when we were doing the show together. Um, I, I don't think it's small news. I think it's significant because – you know exactly what the Clippers are going to look like for a longer stretch than you know what the Lakers are going to look like. You know what I mean? Like the the Lakers, you really just have to take that team year by year. At the longest you can look out is two years. Clippers, you can look out four years. You can, you know, I, I think I, it would be it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to have played five or six years together that's when you kind of give yourself the best opportunity to win because every single year you're making the right tweaks to go, you know, obviously get to a NBA Finals. Yeah, I, I just, 
you know, I think the Clippers are doing the right thing by giving him an extension, but, you know, it's hard to say with the ACL injury, when is he coming back and blah, 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 and what kind of team is going to be here with him once he comes back, too. It, but, Funch, what are they going to do? Are you going to Yeah, not, I know, right? Not sign there, him? <laughs> there is there is no other option. And plus, and, they, they gave up, like, and, 10 draft picks just to put together this Paul George and Kawhi Leonard partnership, too. You're all in on those two players. They're both young enough to where – let me look real quick because I actually don't have Kawhi's age uh, on the top of my head. He is 30 years old. That's nothing, nothing. You know, so it, it's it's different when you're playing. Just just think of this for a quick second. How much did the Phoenix Suns just pay Chris Paul? 120 million for four years at age 36. Yeah, and he'll get that to his 40. Okay. So that 30 year old player you're talking about, it's a no brainer. By the way, Paul George is 31. So. They're going to put their eggs in these two guys, understanding that they can make tweaks. They could go try to get another superstar down the road. They're going to have them most likely for the next four years. What else we got? All right. Uh, we're going to move on to the next one. Our old friend, Josh Hart, uh, just got uh, agreed to a three-year, $38 million deal that he and he will stay in Orleans because of it. He was a restricted free agent. Good for him. I you know, out of all the Lakers that went in the Anthony Davis deal, I was—I think I was hurt the most with Josh Hart because I think he had the most potential to to have to be a good two guard in the league. You thought he could be—he um, can help right away. Yeah, he can help right, right like, away, and plus those rebounding numbers too are insane. Okay, so can we count other people's money for a quick second here? So I'm looking at some of these Laker players, some of these young, uh, some of these young players, and how they're doing financially. So we saw. Kuzma get the three-year, thirty-nine million, right? Brandon Ingram got five years, one fifty-eight. Julius Randle got four years, one seventeen. What was Clarkson's contract? I want to see here real quick. Clarkson, and then the only other player I think off the top of my uh, head is D'Angelo Russell. I know he got paid. Clarkson got four years, fifty-two million dollars, and then D'Angelo. Let's find that real quick. Russell got four years, hundred and seventeen. I, I, you know, these young Lakers got some. They, they, they got did bank. Well. They got bank. They did well. Oh, Lonzo got the four year, eighty five or eighty four, right. whatever he, he got, just signed right? it just two, a couple weeks ago too. And, and and even Josh Hart, a player like that, three years, thirty eight million. And that's I, I, good I, money for I Josh. I don't want to hear these, you know, Laker fans. Oh, we should have kept the kids because you would have have to pay the kids right now, and you guys would have had to pay him three hundred million dollars, basically. Nobody, anybody who makes the argument we should have kept the kids should also switch sports. They should, they should, <laughs> they should cover a different sport. They, they should enjoy other team or other uh, a, a different sport somewhere else. All right, what else we got? All right, uh, another guy got paid today. Uh, Celtics yep. Marcus Smart uh, agreed to an extension, four years, seventy-seven million dollars for Marcus okay, Smart. Okay, let's let's stay with Boston because last year was it on Friday? Or I'm sorry, last week was it on Friday? Yeah, Dennis they got Schroeder? Dennis Schroeder for five point okay. three million, right? Five point nine. Five point nine. Okay, so Marcus Smart, four years, seventy-seven. For there's certain players around the league that you know you just kind of watch and you don't really pay attention to. Okay, that player is this, that player is that. Marcus Smart. I don't think there's ever a time I watch Boston. I watch the Celtics play. Maybe it's a game on before the Lakers, or it's a TNT game, or you're watching in the playoffs. I don't think there's ever a time where I don't enjoy watching Marcus Smart play basketball. Plays tough. Kind of reminds me of a smaller, smaller meta, right? Like yeah, uh, like he's a well, like, you know there's a power forward. He's a power guard. Hard. That's a good way of putting it. Hard nosed guy. You want a player like Marcus Smart on your team. 
and uh, he goes out and makes his four years, $77 million. Well-earned. That dude's been a part and of that what? organization. Remember, him and Randall were selected the same year. I think they went – Randall went – I want to say Marcus Smart went six, Randall went yeah, seven. Yeah, seven. That's right. That's right. Um, and what do you think with Boston? What do you think Boston is doing up there? You know, with signing Marcus Smart, they they got Schroeder, they got Tatum, Brown. What's going on with Boston? I don't know. I, I think, you know, now you got a new coach, you got a new front office. They've had a difficult time. Um, first of all, there are years that they overperformed, and then there's years you kind of start thinking, hey, they should be doing something. They don't do anything. Their future is bright. I, that's the bottom yeah. line. Jalen Brown is such a baller. And remember, they were stacking. Freaking, remember, they were stacking first round picks, and he just didn't do right. anything with them. That's right. Um, eventually, you're going to have to go get another guy. Eventually, you're going to have to go get. You know, what kind of player they'll need. They'll need to go use a lot of assets to go get like a Bradley Beal or like that. They're going to need another All Star, and they're going to need somebody that's a little bit older or right in that kind of sweet spot where somebody is in their prime. Um, or they're going to need a big man, you know, somebody that they could actually drop the ball to and have them do work. They never really had a big man over the years. So I don't know what Boston does, but I think I'll say this about Dennis Schroeder on that team. They got a steal. 5.9 is nothing. And Dennis Schroeder's got obviously a ton to prove. I know the guy was a laughing stock for the last two weeks or three weeks of free agency or whatever the case is. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm not a fan of, um, I, you know, I feel bad for kind of how this all played out for him personally. I feel bad that he thought he was going to get paid more in the summer and he didn't. Okay, it was a calculated risk and he fell flat on his face, as did his agent or whoever his representatives are. But I think Dennis Schroeder's a really good fit for the uh, Boston Celtics funches. I mean, they, they paid nothing for it. There's no risk and Schroeder's got a ton to prove and that's a decent team in the Eastern Conference. I think it's a good fit for Yeah, him. they're going to be a top eight team. They're going to make the playoffs next year with Schroeder uh, as a point guard. And yeah, they were missing a point guard with Kemba Walker leaving the team and you know, they traded him to OKC and whatever. They they didn't have a point guard. I, I don't count Marcus Smart has a point guard. So no, they they I needed a point guard. Yeah, when when the first when the reports first came out about trying to go get um, Dennis Schroeder and it was to back up Marcus Smart, I'm like back up Marcus Smart. Marcus is a two. Exactly. So yeah, I, they're going to be I playing the backcourt together. Now, I, I, again, I'm not watching Celtics basketball every day, so maybe they uh, maybe they use them more as a, as a one. Okay, final thing, and I know we got to get out of here. Yeah, Donis Haslam. Donis Haslam coming back for his 19th season with the Miami Heat. He'll be the fifth player to spend at least 19 seasons with one franchise. Can you name the other five or the other four? I should say. Um. Okay, Kobe. Oh, don't look at your don't look at your rundown. Well, I'll just I'm just going to tell you okay. what I know. Kobe okay. and Dirk. Okay, there's two. Um. With their same franchise, give me a couple hints here. Uh, let's see. Um, it's always been Kobe versus this guy when you talk about the best player of the the two thousands. Of the two thousands, Kobe versus this guy. Uh, yeah. What what position? Man, it's gonna give it away, but I'm I'll give it to you. Power forward. Uh-huh. Tim Duncan. There, Tim Duncan, and then also I li- one more I like guy. Enough, I like enough hints where I don't have to think it. <laughs> give me, give me, give me one, one more. I'll give you a hint for this uh, last okay. guy. He played yep. on the dream team. Played on the dream team. Oh, um, how many years was Malone on? Uh... No, no. Think of the other guy. Oh, John Stockton. Yeah, John Stockton. Come played. on now. That's right, dude. John Stockton, Kobe, Dirk, play? and Tim Duncan. Uh-huh. The only f- four other guys plus Udonis Haslam that played 19 seasons with one team. 
Every year, I'm like, Udonis is coming back again, and that was six well, years ago. Well, I mean, ago. did you see that uh, last year or two years ago? or I think it was last year in the playoffs, the first round, where he, he huddled up and or... was coaching. He brought the team oh, yeah, together yeah, and was right. yelling that's at right. him, making everyone yep. accountable. That's why you bring back Udonis. That was uh, against, in the championship against the Lakers. Okay, <laughs> we got to get the hell out of here. We got some commercials uh, coming up here. Jake Fisher, Bleach Report, coming up next. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Beach vacation over camping? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Um, Want to welcome in here uh, Jake Fisher from uh, Bleacher Report. Also uh, wrote a fantastic book, Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. Uh, Jake, appreciate you uh, coming on the show again. What's going on? I'm actually in L.A. visiting a buddy right now. So okay. here's to a, a warm welcome from the same city, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Well, welcome uh, welcome to the city here. Let, let me – we'll get started with uh, with the L.A. squad. And I – you know, I, I do actually – I got a couple NBA questions that I want to ask you and get your thoughts on. But as, um, as the dust settles, and I spent a lot of time talking about the Lakers – um, their trio, obviously, uh, this upcoming year, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. I want to just get your opinion on um, how you think those three will work together. I'm not one to you know, uh, think that I, I don't have much concern. I, I do feel like getting a chance to watch Laker games on a night-in, night-out basis. They need another playmaker. They need opportunities where when LeBron can go get a breather, somebody else can come in. But your thoughts on the three and your thoughts also on LeBron, or I'm sorry, your thoughts on AD and Russell Westbrook, how that tandem can work together when they're on the same floor together and LeBron's not out there. Well, I'll say this. When the Lakers first made the move to acquire Dennis Schroeder, that was designed to find this you know, third star, this secondary creator who – could eventually become a primary creator and would somewhat relieve LeBron of playmaking duties. And I think with Russ, you know, adding him, what he brings is now someone who he's going to go full speed at 100 miles an hour in terms of energy level and toughness, you know, all 82 games. And the Lakers clearly need some type of engine that they can go to, a backup generator, if you will, when LeBron and AD are resting. And or in a worst case scenario, a hurt for a bit, like we saw in this past season. So, you know, in that regard, I think that's where this rush decision, you know, really will benefit them in terms of getting to the postseason and all in one piece. Now, I also think um, with Russ involved and the, and the lack of shooting he brings, it automatically pushes LeBron and AD up to the four and the five spot, which has obviously been kind of you no know, attention in the last couple of years, but. I think, as we saw in the 2020 championship run, that's where they're both maximized. So I think with that regard, and you know, your second part of the question, that Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook are known to have a pretty good relationship. You know, Before Anthony Davis went to Clutch Sports, in which Paul, he's represented by the same agents at Wasserman as Russ was. So I think that relationship played a factor in here, too. 
I think they're all kind of ready to, you know, roll the ball out and see how this thing can turn into something off of paper and in reality in a couple of weeks here. Um, Jake, uh, this is actually coming from Bleach Report, and I know you do a lot of stories for them as well. Uh, they they ranked NBA's best big three, and as we kind of <laughs> talk about, you know, these this three for the Lakers. What do you think here? They they put the Nets at number one, Bucks at number two, Lakers at number three. 76ers at number four and the Warriors at number five. Just your thoughts on, you know, coming into this season. I know there's, look, there's question marks. Um, there's question marks from an injury perspective. There's question marks. Use Philly as an example. You know, they, they pretty much have openly tried to shop Ben Simmons. So what, what, how would you kind of, where would you put the Lakers? Do you agree with that ranking? Would you put the Lakers somewhere else and, and the rest of the, the top five there? You know, I don't. I, I don't know if this is a there's a correct answer here, right? I think this is obviously a matter of opinion and whatnot. But you know, you ask. I'll, I'll try to provide some juice. I mean, I really think at this point, like the Bucks top group, obviously won the title. And take your hat off to Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo. What the Lakers have is is pretty, you know, substantial in terms of All Star numbers and whatnot, and use of great guys. But, I mean, talk to anybody on the league. They will tell you that they view the Brooklyn Nets as the favorite because Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant have been health, when healthy, projected as one of, if not the most elite offensive, you know, superpowers of all time. So I think that's kind of still going to be – got to defer to the people in the league I talk to, right? If every single coach, every single executive, every single agent you talk to says, like, these guys are, are it. They're the number one that everyone's going to be chasing, even though they lost in the second round last year. They all say, you know, they were a James Harden injury away from getting Kyrie back and, you know, marching their way to this year's championship. So, in that regard, I think the Nets, big three, is the one that has, I guess, uh, influenced the most fear in rivals around the league. How much do you think what the Lakers did do to go out and get Russell Westbrook is specific because of what Brooklyn has over there, uh, what what the Nets have. And I know we could compare, we could look at other teams in the Western Conference, you look at other competition, but how much do you think, hey, we got to go get a third star because that team in, in Brooklyn, just that team in Brooklyn's got three stars? I think, I think it's real. I think the NBA right now has turned into an arms race and a battle of these front office executives trying to compile as many all-stars as they can and All-Stars reaching out to fellow All-Stars to try to get them to come play with them, right? That's exactly what happened to get Russell Westbrook to Los Angeles. And, like, I reported at Bleacher Report, you know, Saturday before the draft, that, you know, Russell Westbrook's conversations with the Lakers and the guys behind the scenes, that was making Bradley Beal consider whether he wanted to stay in Washington, right? So, I think, yeah, I think from an organizational standpoint down to the players working behind the scenes, you know, the work on the league is that LeBron was very active on the phones this summer. So I, I do think it was a result to, you know, all the situations that are standing in their way of potentially getting that championship. Jake Fisher, the Bleacher Report, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Um, Jake, if you look as at the Western Conference, and, you know, unfortunately for the Clippers, they're in this predicament now with Kawhi probably out, I think – the nine-month time frame would be April. Usually that type of injury is nine to 12 months. So um, we'll see what happens with the Clippers based off their injuries. But when you look at the rest of the Western Conference, who are the major threats? You have what the Lakers have built. Is there a team or two that kind of stands out to you if both teams are healthy that can give the Lakers a legitimate run for their money 
Um, and I've said this a couple times. You know, the Golden State Warriors are obviously going to be fascinating, but a Golden State Warriors team that maybe went out and used some of the assets that they had and went out and made another move, that's a whole different story as well. What, what's, uh, who do you think is the biggest threat to the Lakers in, uh, in the West? Well, we, we can't discount Phoenix. Being that obviously, they were two ways away from the title and that Rockwell's fallback, and I think all their younger key guys, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, like down the list, like they're all just going to keep getting better, right? So I think Phoenix still has to be respected in that regard. Utah pretty much brought back everybody, and now they've had a little bit of movement at the top of their org chart, and we'll see if I can you know, move some things and juice them around the edges to kind of keep up uh, their momentum past the rest of the season next year. I think Denver, you know, similar situation with Kawhi, like they basically will, if everything goes to plan, like they'll be getting Jamal Murray back kind of as almost like a trade deadline acquisition, right? That'll kind of be the narrative, I promise you. And Jamal Murray gets back to be healthy. It'll be all oh, Denver's got you know, the, the biggest piece, the biggest second half addition could be him. Um, but to your point about Kawhi as well, the Clippers, you know, Reggie Jackson can keep them afloat uh, like he did in the postseason, which obviously he's deemed himself. He views he's capable of doing that throughout his entire career. Uh, he can keep them in the mix in that 4-5 seed. You know, and then Kawhi comes back into play. Maybe the Clippers are there. And then from there, will, will Luka be able to, to bring the Mavericks one more step closer? And then obviously the Dane question. I think those are really the top six, seven teams that are all in the mix. And we'll have to see things figure out. Um. Jake Fisher taking some time from uh, the Bleach Report to join uh, Lakers talk here. Okay, I got a couple NBA questions, and this one kind of more lies along what we just watched in the offseason. Um, you know, there's certain teams that are kind of coming back for the most part with the same roster, like you just mentioned in the Western Conference. Obviously, the Lakers go out and they add Russell Westbrook and, and make a ton of changes with the veterans that they added. What, what teams do you walk away from the offseason – where you think now have a legitimate chance to, whether it's contend or really make some noise, what teams kind of stood out to you in uh, in NBA free agency? In the contending conversation, it's Miami. I, th- I think, I mean, obviously they just made the finals run in 2020 before they fell to the Lakers. And, you know, you bring in Kyle Lowry, which, you know, there are multiple people I talked to out in Las Vegas Summer League this week that kind of mentioned well, Larry had his first kind of down season last year, but if it was just a COVID year type fluke and they were playing in Tampa and Kyle can get back to you know, his real solid all-star status, you add him, Jimmy Butler, you bring on a nice addition in P.J. Tucker, like the Heat are going to be a menace that no one wants to play night in and night out. On a smaller scale, I really like what Washington and Chicago did, I think. Obviously, both those teams juiced their options with a ton more creative ability and scoring offensively. Uh, I think the Bulls, you know, there's a clear emphasis from that front office where Zach Levine's free agency is coming up here next summer, and they wanted to, A, create a, a playoff team around him to see what he could be like in the playoffs and see if he's the type of max player that he's trending to be. And they also need to show him that he can be, uh, the, you know, in, in a playoff environment in Chicago. So I'm really – I have my eye most closely wondering on those three teams, like if, how Chicago becomes – you know, from this thought experiment right now to seeing how they actually play together because Zach Levine's agency is going to be a question that hangs over a lot of teams in, in, in the summer, you know, already clearing cap space for 2022. What, what, team, uh, what team to you, Jake, was most disappointing that you thought would make some noise and, and really nothing happened? I mean, 
the, the, the Ben Simmons domino has still yet to fall. I'm not saying I'm disappointed in it, but I, I did expect at a certain point that that deal was going to get done. And now it's starting to see a team and trend that Ben will be, you know, at least in, concept, in, in conception, like he'll be back in Philly for the start of training camp at this point. And I think New Orleans, you know, letting Lonzo Ball leave to Chicago in a sign and trade and really not bringing back sure. a true number one ball handler is something that everyone in the NBA has talked about, has mentioned to me, talking, you know, in back channels about, you know, what are the Pelicans kind of doing here to maximize Zion Williamson with playoff implications and pressure hanging over their heads too. So those are the two situations I heard get, get discussed a lot this week. Um, Jake, uh, listen, uh, really, really appreciate you always being on or at least uh, taking the time to come on and appreciate your insight as well. Look forward to as we get closer to the season starting having you back on the show. All right, bud? Thank you, man. Take care. All right, that's uh, Jake Fisher right there from the Bleacher Report. You know, Funches, it's interesting because as as we talked about and we pay attention to what was going on in free agency and you think of different teams and, listen, I, I'm not one. There are a lot of times I might kind of see things through more the lens of a Laker perspective where I get protective because it's the Los Angeles Lakers. I like bringing somebody in from the outside like, okay, hey, what do you think? What are your thoughts? I, I don't I, – I guess, you know, a lot of stuff that, that he – um, mentioned there isn't a surprise or a shock, but the main thing for me was looking at the the Lakers went out. You had to go get Russ because the Brooklyn Nets have three stars, and you got to go get three stars. And I thought it was interesting. He said, you know, kind of openly, actively looking how the Lakers can make it happen was LeBron James. You know, he, he's trying to figure out. Yeah, I don't think we have enough talent. We got to go get another superstar. That doesn't happen if Harden doesn't go to the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, the arms race is the right way to put it. And I know we've mentioned that a couple different times on the show. So uh, always uh, great stuff there from Jake. Um, okay, this is what I want to do when we come back. And I know I promoted this a little bit earlier throughout the show when we had our top NBA stories and we had other stuff we want to get into. But I, I want to take a look at the Lakers versus the Clippers. And I want to take a look at both of these franchises short-term, and long-term, who's in a better position? And I'm really talking about the next four years because I think you got some answers of what the Lakers are going to do after two years. That's when LeBron and Westbrook's contract ends. But then I think there's a lot of question marks as well. So we're going to do that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Uh, thank you to Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report taking some time to join the show. Yes, you know, I, I know the dust is all settling now. Now we got to actually wait for training camp to start, but still good to get somebody else on, kind of have this conversation about Lakers expectations, look at the rest of the NBA. So I appreciate Jake Fisher's time. By the way, just a reminder, next week, no Lakers Talk. So no Lakers Talk uh, next week. We'll be back, I think it's Monday, August 30th. Um, so that's uh, that'll be our next show. i got to take some time off, Laker fans. You know, every once in a while, you you got to get out of here. 
and, and this is the this is the time to do it. Okay, so I, I've already teased this a little bit. I want to get into it right now. Um, was having a conversation with Kirk Morrison on the Travis and Sliwa show back on Friday. And we were just starting to reference this. I know I did it in top NBA stories. Kawhi signed his deal. So Kawhi got paid, right? He got that four-year, $176.3 million extension. Um, could have had other options, took the money. I don't blame him. He's had some health issues. So if you can go grab your $170-plus go get it while you can. And one of the conversations that came up is, you know, we, we started making comparisons about the Lakers and the Clippers, short-term versus long-term. Who's kind of positioned better over the next four or five years, let's say, three, four years, something along those lines. So I, I think this is an interesting conversation. And let, let me talk about both teams short-term, and I'm going to talk about both teams long-term, okay? The Lakers, obviously, they are in this short-term championship window right now. The moment LeBron James came to the Los Angeles Lakers, everything is win right now. Just take all your chips, go absolutely all in. Maybe in that first season, that wasn't the case. Obviously, Lakers still had all the young players, uh, still had all the young players, and they were even trying to make a trade at the trade deadline to go get Anthony Davis. Didn't happen, and then it happened in the summer. But every single season for the Lakers, when LeBron James is on your roster, and you have a chance where he's still one of the top tier players in the NBA. You're trying to win a chip right now. I'm not telling anything that Laker fans don't know. So as long as uh, LeBron's competing at this level, you're, you're all in. It's the right approach to take, and it's the best chance you got at championship number 18. Now, with LeBron James, he's got two more years left on his contract. We know he's walking into his 19th season in the NBA. So to say that by the time LeBron's contract is done, which, by the way, is the same uh, time that Russell Westbrook's contract is done, the Lakers have a legitimate chance to go get one more championship in LeBron's window. That's the short-term plan for the Lakers. And when I say short-term, I'm talking two years tops. I'm not talking any further than that. And I'll get into the long-term plan for the Lakers, but I'll do that in a second. For the Clippers, their short-term plan is, well, we're not sure what's going to happen to Kawhi Leonard this year. I think most reports said that if he came back in nine months after his injury, then the earliest he'd come back in April. Well, what does April mean? You're a couple weeks left before the playoffs start. So I, I don't know how the Clippers are going to do without Kawhi Leonard over a sustained period of time. I know they, they had a nice run in the playoffs last season without Kawhi. But ultimately, you don't expect them to be competing for a championship without Kawhi Leonard. That's the bottom line. And also, if other teams in the NBA are healthy, other teams are getting healthy, like the Denver Nuggets, like the Lakers, like the Golden State Warriors, you don't feel like Clippers are going to be in that same pack. That's that's most likely what's going to happen. Now, let me kind of compare more both of these franchises on a long-term basis. I said it in top NBA stories. I talked about Kawhi's four-year, $176.3 million deals, uh, $176.3 million deal, and that part of me thinks that this was, oh, well, we know the Clippers are going to sign Kawhi to this deal, and then that's it, kind of turn the page. But I, I think there's a, a bigger story here, because if you're really looking at the Lakers and the Clippers, and you're looking at both of these franchises long-term, and you're trying to make comparisons what franchise is better set up today long-term than the other, you'd say the Clippers. You'd say the Clippers because 
the age of Kawhi Leonard and the age of Paul George are obviously at their sweet spot, 30, 31 years old, I think 32 tops. That's where these guys are. Um, you also know that you got you got them locked up for at least three more years. Both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have an extension in that final year, so it could be four years that you have both of these guys locked up. For the Lakers, you know, from a long-term play, let me actually let me add a couple more pieces to the Clippers. You got an owner in Steve Ballmer where money is not a that's not a that's not a problem. Um, it's a blank check to accomplish whatever it is to try to win an NBA championship. So you got the right owner. You got two really good pieces of a foundation. Um, You know, there's going to be more sustainability that these guys get more and more opportunities to play together. It's not like, hey, let's just try these two players. They got one or two years to try to win a championship and let's blow it up. No, you could tell the Clippers are building this thing long term with Kawhi, with PG, um, you know, for their sake, obviously, you hope that both of those guys stay healthy, and then we'll see what happens. So you got that part um, uh, for the Clippers, and you have that uh, as a more of a long-term play. The Lakers long-term, got to be honest, I'm going to give you what I think the long-term play is, but so much of this is dependent on how good and how much LeBron James is still contributing in a couple years from now. But this is the reality of what I think the long-term play is for the Lakers. Long-term play would be you play out LeBron's contract, you play out Russ's contract, could you have got one more championship over the next two years, and then after that, you kind of start off with an absolutely clean slate with just Anthony Davis as your cornerstone, as your foundation, as your peace moving forward. Remember, AD is only 28 years old now, so he'll be 30 years old in a couple of years by the time both of those contracts are over. So he's still obviously at a perfect age, still has so many more years left in the NBA for himself. So let me play out that scenario for a quick second. What happens when LBJ, when Russell Westbrook, some of these other contracts are gone? That That's going to be an incredible opportunity for a team like the Clippers, this long-term plan that I'm talking about for the Clippers to try to, um, you know, certainly take advantage of a franchise that has to figure out life without LeBron James. Now, it's pretty simple what I think the Lakers will try to do. A lot of money is going to come off the books. Can you go find a player? If Anthony Davis is your franchise player, can you can you find somebody not a notch below him, not two notches below him? No, no, no. Can you find somebody on par with Anthony Davis? Can you find somebody even better than Anthony Davis? That's what's going to be the Lakers' goal. The goal is going to be, um, it's obviously one of the most attractive destinations. You're going to get all the endorsements that come with it. It's the Lakers' brand and the franchise. The franchise is always trying to win. It's a big market. I could lay all these out there. But, oh, by the way, they're going to have a ton of money, and obviously they're going to have another cornerstone piece in Anthony Davis. That's the Lakers' long-term plan versus what the Clippers are doing, they can probably stay with those two players as their foundation for the next uh, four years potentially on top of the two years that they've already played together. And, you know, I I, I will say as I make these comparisons with the Clippers, um, the Clippers this two-year run, Yes, they might have got to the uh, Western Conference Finals, but it it so far has not been a success. You can't say it's been a success. Um, The first season that that Kawhi and Paul George, you know, we know the meltdown against the Denver Nuggets. And then this past season, 
Um, you know, unfortunately for them, Kawhi got injured, but so did so many other teams, and they were not able to get to the NBA Finals or take advantage of an opportunity, and, and that's because Kawhi was injured. But I say that because um, they're basically saying, hey, we're going all in with these two players, and we're going to do it for as long as we possibly can, and we're going to try to build around them. And if we could go out there and find another third star, we're going to go try to get them. Um, and, and that's that's the that's the Clippers' business plan. That's their game plan, and it's a long-term plan. So I actually, you know, I I don't. Uh, when I bring up this conversation, it, it's not about you know going after the Clippers or anything like that. Lakers have a short-term plan at the moment. Clippers have more of a long-term plan. Lakers think and, and figure if you can get one more championship in LeBron's career, which, by the way, you already got one with LeBron James. Um, I know our expectations are you can go get another one. Uh, the front office is doing everything they can to try and make it more realistic. You went out and you traded for Russell Westbrook for a reason because you think he can help you go get that other chip. You think you could go up against a team like the Brooklyn Nets or any of these other teams that are going to compete in the Western Conference or the Bucks or whatever the case is. Um, but ultimately, that's the difference between the Lakers and the Clippers. One franchise is really looking at this short-term opportunity um, to make history and get championship number 18. The Clippers think, hey, over the next four years, can we get our championship? Can we get our first championship in franchise history? And, oh, by the way, after that uh, that fourth year for Kawhi Leonard and, um, and Paul George, that would be 2024-2025 season, and that coincides with their new stadium in Inglewood. So fascinating. I really, I really think it's kind of fascinating – Watching both of these franchises make the moves. Listen, when people say battle, there's no battle in L.A. I know that. You know that. Everybody knows that. But there could be a battle on the court. There could be a battle within the front offices. There could be a battle between two franchises, both with the same goal. One's never done it before. The other one has 17 of them. Pay attention to that story because I, I, th- I do think that that's, uh, that's fascinating in the big scheme of things over the next few years. Okay. Lakers still have some roster spots available who should they target? I'm going to throw out some names. And there was one name that was tied to the Lakers that I think there's an emotional tie there, but I don't think he'd be the right fit. And then uh, last thing that I want to get into as well, biggest concern for the Lakers going into the season. If you got a concern, you could feel free to uh, share that with us. Hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Uh, Welcome back to Lakers Talk. Clippers and the uh, and the Lakers short term plan versus a long term plan. I, I do think this is fascinating, and, and we played uh, something a little bit earlier in the show. Tim Bontemps was talking about the Lakers. He doesn't think that the roster this year is as good as last year. Uh, already went into my reasons why I disagree with that. But um, this is what makes this is why I love the freaking Lakers. Everybody has an opinion. Everyone has an opinion, Funches. Everyone wants to give their two piece, their two cents on the Los Angeles Lakers franchise. And then we either try to, uh, either you know, with try us to calm or the waters us. here. Either you're with us or against us. We just try to calm the water here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Funches, um, Lakers still have some roster spots available. 
and I threw out the question, who should the Lakers target? Hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. Um, so let me let me kind of go through some needs here that I feel like the Lakers still have. So granted, the Lakers went out there, grabbed a lot of veterans. Russell Westbrook, the, the big uh, free agent acquisition. But really the most important thing for the Lakers is LeBron and AD's health. Just the health portion, that's obviously a critical part. But looking at the roster right now, let me let me throw out some names here, okay, Funch? Um, and, and I'm going to tell you where I think the Lakers, I think a little bit more size would help the Lakers. I think, uh, you know, to have another body. Like a, I know they got Dwight. I know they got, um, like a, I know they got Dwight and uh, Marcus Gasol. But I'm talking more of like a... Like a four or five, maybe? Yeah, maybe a four or a three that can play also the four. Mm-hmm. So let me let me throw out some names, and trust me, these have nothing to do with what I just described. Uh, <laughs> J.J. Redick. Okay. I, I can't. I mean, obviously you like him because he can shoot the rock and everything, but, I mean, does he feel a need right now? I, I don't know if we need any more guards that size player. You know what I mean? And that's where I think Wesley Matthews falls into the same thing. He's available. Um, Alfred uh, Payton is another player that's available. Uh, Svi Makai Luke, you obviously remember Svi. Love him. Love him, man. Um, so those are the players that, you know, I would say that are more from a guard position. I don't know if we need any more guards. That's all I'm saying. I just don't know if we well, need Well, I, I got guards. a couple more for you, Sliwa. Okay, what um, got? I got James Ennis. He played for Orlando last year, and he shot shot almost 44% from three-point land. Okay. He said okay. he can play 3-4. I mean, he's big enough. I mean, with small ball, he can play to 4 mm-hmm. And also uh, another guy, uh, let's bring back another guy, Avery Bradley. How about that? Avery Bradley. Look, I think Kent Bazemore is going to kind of play what Avery Bradley was for the Lakers. So, is there some redundancy? And that, that's let let me let me throw out when I say a little bit more size. What do you think of Paul Millsap? What do you think of Millsap? Love him, the Lakers? love him, love him. He's a guy that doesn't have to play every game too. He can sit for twenty games or so and just play when AD's hurt or AD needs a break. So you know how we say, um, I'm going to give you a good example. When we say, hey, we want to see AD play the five, right? And then LeBron's got to go play the four. And then next guy's got to come up and play the three. That's why I like a guy like Paul Millsap. I don't want LeBron playing the four. I want LeBron playing the three. Millsap can be a guy that won't get in Anthony Davis's way. Obviously, a veteran has been there for a long time. He's still a threat to go out and hit a 15-footer, something that you know, you're know you not going to depend Dwight Howard or some of those other Not even that. He can hit the three. Asleep. He can hit the three. So uh, Millsap, uh, and he's a veteran, been around for a long time. Now, granted, uh, if Lakers sign another guy over 35 years old, everyone's going to hallucinate. And they're all going to come back with their one-liners, Funches. You, you know how uh, – Everybody became comedians over the last uh, couple of weeks. So Millsap is another name there. Um, what else is out there? I think Denzel Valentine's available. Well, Aaron Baines. How about Aaron Baines? Aaron Baines is available. That's some size for you right there? There's some size. There's some size. Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He, mm-hmm. he, he got some size. I don't mind Hollis Jefferson. I think that could be an interesting Young guy, one. too. Young guy, too. You know, I, you know, forget the expendable jokes and the you know old jokes. Mm-hmm. This guy's young. I like a three or a four or something along those lines. Okay, so... There was one name that was tied to the Lakers um, last week. Funch, we all saw this, and I think you and I even talked about it for a quick second last week. Remember the video, Isaiah Thomas in that summer league. Was this in Seattle? Was it the Pro-Am Yeah, it was the uh, Jamal Crawford Pro-Am uh, tournament. Okay, so 
this was out in Seattle, and you know, as people know, there's a lot of these summer tournaments that go on out here in L.A. It's the Drew League. That's one of the most popular ones across the country. So Isaiah Thomas, former Laker, uh, one of the one of the cool stories I think in the NBA, put up 81 points in this in this pro league game. And then there's a video that comes out, and you know, really emotional video of Isaiah Thomas, and you know, talking about how everybody kind of gave up on him, that the league gave up. He went out, eventually clarified, and said he wasn't worried about the league, that he just feels good, that he can be back normal after his injuries, and he feels like himself again and is looking forward to another opportunity in the NBA. Uh, I don't know how you do with stuff like that, but, man, for me, when I see somebody that cares and is so passionate about his craft and really wants another shot at it, and it's all about the game and you know, I root for guys like that. How can you not root for somebody like that, like Isaiah Thomas? Undersized player, had an opportunity, was close to getting a big-time contract, was even an MVP candidate one of those years uh, where he was putting up a, a ton of points in Boston. And then, you know, obviously some injuries, and, and then it just never happened. I love the story for Isaiah Thomas. I'm rooting for Isaiah Thomas. I want Isaiah Thomas to get back in the lead and then get back in the league and hopefully get a contract. But Funch... For the Lakers, you know, I'm looking just at it specifically for the Lakers. Uh, I don't think it's something that they need. If I felt like, hey, this guy can come in and help the Lakers win another championship, that'd be a different story. I just don't think they need what he brings to the team. I'm with you. I don't think they need him. You know, obviously, if an injury pops up with Russ or something, then maybe you revisit, you know, trying to sign him or whatever. But that's a guy that, and his size too, you know, you don't want to, it's not a need. Listen, again, love the story, ruin for the guy. I just don't think it's something that is critical, critical for the Los Angeles Lakers. So we'll see what eventually happens to them, and we'll see what the Lakers end up doing. I, I think Isaiah just wants that do-over with the Lakers, too. He was only here for like half a season, too. He went in that Larry Nance trade. Well, if I'm right here, didn't he grow up a Laker fan? Was yeah, that a big yeah. part of it as well? Yeah, big Laker fan. It seems and, like everyone uh, on the West Coast that grew up on the West Coast is a Laker fan. Let me just tell you, I'm a fan Ruin for him. If he gets on a roster, fantastic. Don't think he would make sense for the Lakers. So let's see what the Lakers end up doing with some of these other roster spots. Uh, something I hit on earlier in the show, and I want to circle back around on. Um, you know, I threw this uh, this question out to Laker fans and read uh, some of these on Twitter as well. So I, I look at this upcoming season for the Lake Show, and what do we now? We're under two months of uh, preseason starting. Lakers preseason starts October twenty. 20- October 2nd against Brooklyn. Of course, the NBA uh, put that matchup together. Let's, whatever the NFL's doing and not playing anybody in preseason, um, let's just say that the Lakers and the NBA will be, do it a little differently. We actually look forward to these games. But as we get closer to the season started, starting, I threw out this question of biggest concern this upcoming season for the Lake Show. It just, you know, what, what kind of stands out to you? And... I know there are a lot of people that want to talk about the Lakers' fit. They don't like the fit. You know, I mentioned Tim Bontemps had mentioned that. They don't like the idea of Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis playing together and specifically Russell Westbrook and LeBron kind of sharing a basketball. Uh, Let me get this out and and make it very clear. Not a concern. If you ask me if that's a concern, it's not a concern for me. Um, You know, superstars find ways to work together. You, you stack a team in the NBA, you stack the talent together, 
these players are going to find ways to figure it out. I, I'm pretty sure LeBron James has never been concerned of trying to figure out a way um, to play the right way and get everybody involved. Russ averages a triple-double virtually every season, three of the last four seasons he's averaged it. AD could be the best two-way player in the NBA on every, any given night. So the the fit of the big three I don't personally have concerns with. Another thing I'm not concerned with when you know people look at this upcoming season for the Lakers, hear a lot of people talk about the Lakers' age. Funches and I were just joking about that, how a lot of people have kind of targeted the Lakers from an age perspective. I said this last week, and I'll emphasize it again. The oldest players on the team, other than LeBron, I'll put LeBron for a, aside for a quick second. The oldest players on the team, they're not your franchise players. You're not asking them to do something. Dwight Howard's going to give you certain pocket of minutes a game as is Carmelo Anthony, as is Trevor Ariza. Um, those are, you know, the, the the older players, Marc Gasol, they're going to be asked to give you 15 minutes a game, maybe 20 on some nights. Maybe some nights they don't even get playing time or they'd have to take the night off for back-to-backs because that's the coach's strategy. I'm not as concerned about age for the Lakers. Guys who are over 35 years old, um, they're not going to be asked to play 30, 35 minutes and be productive. Now, LeBron's in a different camp of that. LeBron's camp is, well, no, no, he is 36. He'll be 37 in December. And LeBron, no question about it, age can play somewhat effect on this upcoming season. But I hesitate even for a second on that because before LeBron got injured last season uh, against the Atlanta Hawks, he was one of the leading candidates for most valuable player. So LeBron was still performing at a high level before that injury. Now, his recovery is going to be a key part. What he does in the offseason, how his body recovers, but that that's never, you know, let's put it this way. LeBron's going to worry about that more than any other player in the league, whether they're 25 or 35 or whatever the case is. So that I'm not as concerned about. Plus, Russell Westbrook's at the right age. AD's at the right age. Two of your superstars, two of your three superstars are either in their prime or they're walking into the prime, AD being 28 years old. I do have one concern this upcoming season for the Lakers. One concern. And this has always been my concern ever since LeBron James came over to the Lake Show, and it will continue to be my concern, you know, the rest of the way. Health. Health is the... That's the fair one to point out. That's the right one to approach anytime you're talking about the Lakers. And remember, the first year LeBron got here to the Lakers, that was season number 16. Um, he got injured. He pulled that groin on Christmas against the Golden State Warriors and then was never the same after that, uh, and it just didn't happen. Um, the year that the Lakers were healthy, they won a championship in the Orlando bubble. And the year that they weren't healthy this past season – um, what happened? Uh, what happened was Lakers, again, uh, couldn't even get out of the first round because Anthony Davis wasn't healthy. LeBron wasn't 100%. So take that kind of that combination of all this, uh, all the stuff that I'm talking about that people have concern with. I don't have a concern with the fit. I don't have a concern with, you know, three superstars playing together, one basketball. I don't have a concern with the age of some of these players for the Lakers because I don't think they're going to be playing significant minutes. Health will be the biggest concern again. We were worried about it last season. We're always worried about it from a Laker fan perspective. And so far, two of the three years LeBron's been here, health has been the difference of the Lakers winning a championship. The one year everyone was healthy, Lakers obviously won uh, won an NBA championship. All right, Laker fans. Um, as always, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Quick reminder, next week, August 30th, 
uh, or next week, August 23rd. No Lakers talk. Next show is going to be August 30th. You're slacking, Sliwa. You're slacking. Okay, just uh, just relax over there, Funches. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to let everybody think that you know all of a sudden I'm in the off-season mode and that I just don't care about the gig anymore. Don't do that, man. Um, no, I'm going to take a little time off. Got to get a little vacation. But we are back tomorrow morning, Travis and Sliwa show, starting at uh, 8.55. And if you missed any part of tonight's show, you can always download it on the ESPN app or on iTunes. Thank you to Steve Paulette. Thank you to Michael Funches. L.A., have a great rest. Have a great two weeks. We'll get back with you on August 30th for Lakers Talk.